Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Nate Skula and Kim Adele. Hi. Hey, Kim. How you doing? I'm all good, my lovely. How are you? Very good. Very good. Since we have a fantastic company culture... I thought it would be good to talk about it today. <laughs> okay. So you, you're good, yeah? I'm all good. I am all good. Good, 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 good. How about so, you? But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm adjusting to all these blogs and all of these audios and all these links that we're building and all this great stuff, right? And, you know, as part of our company culture – um, we have a we have a great company culture, really. So uh, I think before we kind of delve a little bit deeper into that, like what is a company culture, Kim? So the culture really is about how it feels to be in an organisation. It's like, you know, what is it that we are seeing, hearing, saying, f- um, finding about being within that particular company? So often if we... If we're not careful and we um, we might think that we've built a great culture, but if we aren't owning it, if we're not being careful about what is it that we want to do, what is it we're wanting to achieve, what experience do we want our people to have? If you think about it, we do that, don't we? We think about that when we're thinking about what experience we want our customers to have. What experience um, are we trying to deliver for them? But do we take that to the next step to say, what actually are we looking for our colleagues to do. So, you know, when we go into an organisation, hi, Izzy, um, when we go into an organisation, when we're thinking about who it is we want to go and work with, we'll very often ask them about their culture. What culture is it that you're trying to do? And I remember many years ago um, applying for a job and uh, a very nice man who was who was interviewing me, who was the group HR director, said, You've worked at a lot of companies, Kim, and I mean a lot of companies. What confidence would I have that if I employed you, you would still be here? And I said, well, my question to you is going to be, do you intend to stay? And he said, he laughed and he was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I, I can honestly say I have never yet left the leader who recruited me, but I have left the leader that replaced them because actually at a culture is very much driven by the top. It doesn't matter what we say are our values. If we're not living our values, if we're not bringing them to life, then our culture will not mirror what we're proposing that we want to do. So it's really about saying, you know, how, what is it we say we're about? What is it we're saying are our values? And how do we make sure we're bringing them to life? Are we walking our talk? Do we do, we do what we set out to do? And again, many years ago, I worked for another organisation and we had an employee engagement survey uh, and it came back and it said, I don't think the leaders live the guiding principles. So I sat down with the senior team. I'd not long been there. And I said, well, what, what are we going to do? What, what approach are we going to take to enable us to, to kind of change that perceptive, perceptive 
And so they were like, can we take this? We're going to go away. We're going to come up with a plan and we're going to come back. And I was like, brilliant. That'd be great. Because you know, we can't ask people to give us their feedback if we're then not going to do anything with it. So off they went. They came back with this plan and they sat down and went, great plan, Kim. It's going to really work. The plan was to write the guiding principles and put them up on posters all the way around the building and to encourage people to nominate each other. And I was like, okay. Um, they don't didn't say they don't know what the guiding principles were. And they didn't say they didn't think they led them, that they walked that talk. They said they didn't think we did. So actually putting up what they are around the around the walls isn't going to help because they know what they are. And getting them to nominate each other on how well they're living them isn't going to help either because they think they are living them. They don't think we are. So I would instead be asking questions as what is it that we're doing or saying or being that makes you feel that we're not in alignment with the guiding principles? Because it's not our intention to not be in alignment with them. So the more I can understand that, the more information that I can get, the more likely I am to be able to change that. And I've worked in the last... 20 odd years through so many organizations where the senior leadership team will sit there and go we've got a culture problem we'll go and speak to HR but the reality is if you've got a culture problem starts in the mirror as the leader it starts with you so if the culture isn't going the way you wanted it to you've got to look at your yourself what are you doing what are you saying how are you showing up what are you being because that is going to be what drives the actual culture that you deliver so if you say that you are, you know, it's open and inclusive and you want everybody to have a say, but you've got a closed door policy and people have to book time to speak to you and you never chat to them when you're walking around, you're never going to deliver that culture. So I think really it's about looking inside and saying, what is it that I want to be? How do I want my people to feel? And then how am I going to bring that to life? And ask them. Ask them what would they like it to be like? How would they like that to be? And invite them to be your feedback. So to say, you know, this is my intention. My intention is to create a culture that is inclusive, that is open, that is progressive, where everybody has a voice or, or whatever you choose your culture to be. I know there will be occasions where I get it wrong, but it's not my intention. That's exactly what it is I'm trying to achieve. So I invite you to please give me feedback. If you think I've gone out of kilter, if I do something that doesn't align to that mission, please let me know because that will give me chance to change, adapt and evolve before it becomes a cultural problem. Right, right. So obviously there are lots of reasons why you should care about company culture, right? You know, there's motivation, there's um, success of the business, there's what um staff retention what what other things do you think are are, uh, are important uh, one of our most things? important assets in an organization is our people because our people are the face of our organization they're the ones that gather all of that information from our customers and they help us to evolve if we've got a bad culture what we what we're doing is we're, we're cutting off that invaluable stream of information that will help us to grow and evolve it will also mean that we're constantly having a turnover of staff that we are losing that knowledge that we've got 
And also, nobody wants to work in a bad culture. As a leader, I don't want to work in a bad culture either. You know, work should be fun. There has to be serious. We're here to, you know, we're here to run an organisation. We're here to make money. But that doesn't mean to say we can't make it enjoyable to come to work. So creating that space where actually it's okay to make mistakes, that doesn't mean to say that we don't learn from those mistakes, but we're okay to, to make them as long as we're learning and we're evolving. I remember many years ago, um, standing up and telling people that, you know, if we think about all of the self-made millionaires, the majority of them have been bankrupt. They've made the biggest mistake of their life and they learned from it. And I suddenly come back and said, are you suggesting you make us bankrupt? I was like, no, what I'm suggesting is that actually it's, if we're not making any mistakes at all, we're not taking any risk. So it's about taking the most calculated risk that we can and then having a culture where you can learn from that. And one of the best ways I've personally found of doing that is by sharing my own vulnerability, by letting people know that actually I'm not perfect. I'm going to get things wrong. And I recognize that. And when I get it wrong, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to apologize for it. And I'm going to learn from it to make sure I don't do it again. In doing so, I create an environment where it's okay for other people to be vulnerable or for other people to get things wrong and to learn from them. As you know, in the organization we're building, We don't have a blame culture. If we get things wrong, we get things wrong. It was a case of what did we learn? What might we have been able to look out for based on hindsight? Because hindsight is a beautiful thing. With hindsight, we all have 2020 vision. Um, So we might know it now, but we didn't know it then. But what are we going to learn from that and take into our future? And that for me is probably one of the big lessons in driving culture is taking the time to do the lessons learned. Too often what we do is we've had a problem, it's gone wrong, we fixed the problem and we don't want to think about it anymore. We just want to move on. Um, But the reality is we're not therefore taking the time to take the learning. What is it that we should have been able to see that we didn't see at the time that we now could start to see as we move forward? Yeah, It's, it's very, very interesting. I mean, you know, people talk about toxic culture and this sort of stuff but um we've got a couple of questions here uh, uh from from izzy who sent them in uh do you think company culture is something that only company leaders should care about no the first one in, in my opinion is a great question i don't think it's something only um company leaders should care about because the reality is we all care about it we all look at what it's like to go into work what does it feel like what does it sound like and that is all about the culture. If we end up in the bad in a bad culture, we will start looking for something else. And we will do one of a few things. We will either leave the organization altogether or we'll start to see an increase in absence, in sickness. If the if the culture is toxic and you've got a little bit of a headache, you know, oh, gotta go in there, it's gonna add to my headache. So actually, I'm more likely to go, well, I'm not going in today, I'll go in, I'll go in t- tomorrow. And um, and that just further catapults the the challenges that we've got. And you only have to look at things like Glassdoor to see how important culture is to our people and not just to our people, to our customers. If we're saying one thing to our customers and we're demonstrating something very different to our colleagues, there's a disconnect. And when the lips and hips don't match, people start to wonder which part is true. So culture is vital in in an organisation it's the reason why lots of organisations have been stifled from their success. And it's also the reason why organisations that are doing this really well 
really grow and thrive because what you do is you create an environment where everybody feels equal. Everybody is respected for the part they play, for how they're going to show up and move the organisation forward. And isn't that a nicer place to be? So for me, I always start with what culture would I like to be part of? What are my value sets? What do I want to have? that happens to me at work. And I look forward to going to work. I want to have a bit of a laugh. I want to get things done. I want to feel like I've added value. But that'll be my start point. And I'll share that and say, you know, these for me are things that are very important, that it's honest, that it's fun, that we're equal, that we seek to understand each other. What's important to you? How do we create this together? Because this shouldn't be done to you. It should be done with you. And I think when you recognise that, then actually you start to build that inclusive inclusivity and it really brings it to life. Very, very interesting. So is he put a bit of a long question as you sent in uh, prior? M- most of the times the rewards in a company are focused on the results, which is logical. But don't you think rewards focused on company culture would promote more consistency of it among every employee? Yeah, great, great question. I think one of the challenges often is that when we're thinking about how we reward, we have to think about how we measure, because if not, we've got some level of um, obscurity for people to be able to say whether or not they think it's fair. So very often when we think about the measures that we've got in an organisation, we're not measuring them necessarily because they're the most important to us. We're measuring them because they're the only things we can measure. And we've pulled ourselves into those kind of boxes where it's like, well, how will I measure that? How will I demonstrate it? How will I show success? But I have seen where we've been able to kind of turn these organisations around. I've worked in a number of them where, for example, a lot of people now use net promoter score. So um, asking the customer what the customer thinks. I've implemented in a few organisations where they do the net promoter score, but they do it back to the individual agent. But they also do net promoter score on the leadership So actually, we're asking the customer to say what they felt about the service that you provided to them on behalf of the company. But we're going to ask you to tell us what you think about the service your leader provided to you on behalf of the company. So really starting to change that dynamic so that actually there's a vested interest in making it more worthwhile. Um, And I think some of it it is in having that inclusivity. It's being able to say that, I can call it out if it's not right. The amount of times I go in places where they were like, yeah, but my boss doesn't do this for me. Even at board level, my boss doesn't do this for me. And I'm like, well, have you spoken to them about it? Like, well, no, could you? Like, well, yeah, I can. But it's not, and I will, um, but it's not really going to affect the change. If we're, you know, if we're saying that we are open to feedback, we've got to be open to feedback. But that's a really hard thing for our people. So again, I remember many years ago saying to people, you know, I'm really up for the feedback. One of the things I know is every single one of us has blind spots and we have them for a reason. We are blind to them. So even if to you, it is really obvious what I'm doing is irritating. I promise you to me, it's not obvious. So unless you help me, unless you tell me what it is, I'm going to carry on irritating you and I'm going to be oblivious to it. And that's not going to help. But going out and asking your people to give you feedback is really daunting because they don't know how you're going to take it. So you're saying, yeah, I'm really good at feedback. Let me know. Um, tell me anything. I'm going to change. Um, but the reality is when somebody first gives us feedback, 
we respond with what we were trying to achieve. Not what we did, but what we were trying to achieve. Because we weren't trying to irritate them. We weren't trying to get it wrong. We weren't trying to be uninclusive. So what I now try and do is, you know, when they first give me the feedback is just pause, accept and say thank you. That allows my brain to go through, well, what I was trying to do was, um, and then say to them, thank you so much for the feedback. I really appreciate it. I hadn't realized that is how I, that's the impact I was having. What I was trying to do, but clearly failing was this, because then you're not defending the fact that you got it wrong, but you are at least explaining to them that there was a purpose around what you were doing. And in doing so, you create a space for them to also be able to do the same. I think sometimes just go out and ask, go up and chat to people and you know, ask them how things are for them. Ask them about how their day's going. Remember something about them so that they feel valued. Because at our base, we want to be listened to, we want to be understood and we want to be respected. And therefore, think about how do we bring that to life? Involve people in it. This doesn't have to be done from the top. Culture is driven from the top. You know, if we design the culture by the whole organization and the person at the top isn't walking the talk and isn't living the values, it won't work. But it doesn't mean to say the culture's theirs. It is how they manifest it. Well, that's amazing. I think I think I think that covers everything. All the best ways to build a supportive company culture. Um, you know, is there anything you want to add before we before we wrap up? What I'd say is also it's iterative. So, you know, don't design it once and go, well, that's it. That's my culture because the world evolves. We all evolve. So something that worked for us before is going to change. The environment changes. Let's face it. We, you know, we might have had an amazing culture that we've really, really driven. It's going really well. That's really inclusive. And now we're moving from face to face world to the augmented reality of the balance between some face to face, some remote, some virtual so actually, how is my culture translating in this new space? And make it something that people talk about all the time. It shouldn't be something that gets discussed once a year when we do business planning. It should be something that we're bringing in to our everyday conversation. One of the things that I do with, with the organizations I work with and the teams I lead is I try and turn their objectives into things that match our culture, things that match our value. So if you've got something on trust, what's my objective around trust? How am I going to show up and demonstrate trust in the organization? So there's a feeling of belonging because we all have the same five objectives. But how that objective is going to be measured, how good's going to look for me versus you, that is going to be different because we've got different roles within the organization. But it pulls back to the fact that these are still the most important things. Well, that's amazing. Thank you, Kim. I've learned a lot today. Cheers. Thank you. And for anybody, if, you've, if you're finding these podcasts interesting and you're up for learning a little bit more about what Nat and I are going, getting on with and what's in our heads, we're about to launch the Sunday Supplement. So the Sunday Supplement is going to be a roundup of articles and hopefully useful information and podcasts, not just from us two, but from other experts within their um, fields. And if you want to find out more, please do hop across to www.mastermindset.co.uk and subscribe. We would love to continue to work with you. And in the interim, have an amazing, amazing weekend. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. 
Please, don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.